Welcome to the Wordy Girl Entertainment Podcast. I am your writer-in-chief, Rosalind Jackson. I am a lover of words, and that love led me to a passion for writing. And what's the next best thing to writing? Talking about writing. So kick back and join me for mind-blowing chats about writing covering everything from screenplays to novels to poetry, from nonfiction books to songwriting, and much more. Teresa Broadnecks is a Midwest native who has become a premier hairstylist and costume designer in the entertainment industry. After 10 years of owning Studio Design Group, a salon and image consulting business in downtown Columbus, Ohio, and serving as creative director on multiple media projects at Ozone Studios, Ms. Broadnecks expanded her business objective by using her marketing skills to secure projects in Hollywood and worldwide. Teresa has taken on such roles as department head, creative director, and designer on television and film projects such as Free Meek for Amazon Prime, Twenties for BET, along with national commercials for Nike, Samsung, and Under Armour, to name a few. But it was her work as hairstylist on the Tyra Banks show for The CW and as wardrobe designer on the number one iconic daytime drama, The Young and the Restless, that earned her two Emmy Awards. Merging her creative and business skills, Teresa created House of Broadnecks, the HOB brand, where she created impressive looks for a host of celebrities such as Colin Kaepernick, Isai Morales, Ron Rieko Lee, Jesse Metcalf. Anna Marie Horsford, and former President George W. Bush. She's also designer and creative director of the HOB brand premium leather handbag line, a number one best-selling author, and philanthropist. Welcome to the Wordy Girl Entertainment Podcast. We are speaking with Teresa Broadnecks. Thank you for doing this and welcome. Hello. Thank you. Thank you. I, I'm excited to um, have a conversation. <laughs> yes. So tell us how you got your start in hairstyling and costume design for television. Um, well, the tel- as far as television, it, it, um, I'll go back a little bit. Just a quick, um, I've been in the a hairstylist um, or cosmetologist, however you want to, you know, if you're old school, you may even say hairdresser, um, uh, like 30 years ago, since 1990. And um, in my, you know, originally from um, Columbus, Ohio. So of course, um, originally from Columbus, uh, Ohio. And uh, I, I owned a salon there for 10 years, uh, which um, was Studio uh, 209 Hair Salon, which was under my umbrella corporation of studio design group and um and just kind of getting into a little bit of the medium there because of course in Columbus Ohio you don't it's not LA you know Mm -hmm. so you're not going to get that um you know like you would get the industry you know there but I kind of tapped into what I could which you know uh, I sought out a couple of production companies that worked on like national commercials and like run, runway shows because uh, I like participated in a um, a uh, Victoria's Secret uh, runway show even before it was really like the huge you know phenomenon that it has you know become oh, wow and uh, because the because um, it kind of originated the 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 owner actually um, 
which I'm sure he had at several homes, but one of his main homes was in New Albany, mm-hmm. Ohio, which was like a suburb from, you know, and um, so it kind of started from there. And then like once I tapped into the television and film um, part of it, you know, it kind of sparked another creative um, gene in me. And I said, you know what, I kind of love, I was very fascinated about what it took to put together something, a show mm-hmm. uh, or a movie um, at that point. Because uh, I had, especially, you know, once I had done like smaller things like commercials and things like that, mm-hmm. a couple of music vi- videos. And so I knew after I you know knew that that's what I wanted to do. And I, I said, well, I need to, where do I need to be? And I'm the kind of person that if I set out to do something, I kind of, I, ha- I have a roadmap to how, what I need to do to get there. Mm-hmm. And then I just kind of map it out and I follow it until I accomplish what I've, I've you know, set out to accomplish. So that's kind of where it started. And then um, I seek, started seeking out um, projects, you know, um, uh, outside of Columbus, but eventually into LA as well. And I got a project out here and I didn't all the way move and make my uh, LA my residence probably until like a year. I had been here working out here for a year and a half. I went back and forth for like the first couple of years because mm-hmm. uh, I had a salon and I wasn't willing to give and I and I had a, a pretty nice lifestyle in mm-hmm. Columbus, Ohio. You know, economically, it's a, Ohio's a lot different to mm-hmm. you know survive in than than Los Angeles. You know, California as a whole. So I didn't mm-hmm. want to give all that up unless until I knew that the West Coast was somewhere that I wanted to be permanently. So I I, I, I kind of went back and forth until I and then I had to realize, like, OK, you got to, you know, you're comfortable, but you're not that comfortable to be mm-hmm. bi-coastal. So figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> so was was so was the uh, studio design group was that a part of your um, salon or was that a separate company? It was it was basically the it was basically a part of it. It was basically the the umbrella you know company, and because I had different facets, kind of like what I have now with um, um, House of Broadnecks um, HOB brand, oh, okay. and uh, because I also I had the salon. And I also um, acquired, um, bidded for a contract I had because I, uh, before I got into, I'm back up a little bit again, but before I got into the beauty and fashion industry, I actually worked in the corporate world for like 15 years and uh, at different places in banking and, you know, executive, you know, assistant, like things like that. And Mm -hmm. then I worked for the state uh, uh, state of Ohio taxation department for 10 years. And not that I really wanted to do that, but at the time I was a young single mother. Um, I had the skills to, you know, the job came easy for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, it, I felt like at that time it was the best thing for me to do for my family, but that's why when going into it, I said, I'm going to take this job but I don't want to retire from here. So I'm only going to do 10 years. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. I, I, I had a plan, put a plan in my head. Like you're going to do this for 10 years. At that point, I felt like my children would be at a really good age that I could. And, and hopefully I was at a good financial position where I could start transitioning uh-huh. into something um, creative. Now, at that time, I wasn't sure which avenue I was going, but I knew that I was going to do something creative. I knew that I didn't want to sit 
in a cubicle behind an office and talk about, you know, taxes and, you know, and all that kind of stuff all day with people. You know, I didn't want to do that for, you know, for 35 years. I knew that going <laughs> in, but it was it was great. Um, I was I was young at the time and I was really making really good money, um, awesome benefits, you know, for my family. So it worked out, you know, so it worked out and I stuck to my plan. I did 10 years. Um, and in between that time, um, I, um, you know, I kind of was, you know, trying to figure out, okay, well, cause I knew I had kind of an interest in hair, but I also had an interest in fashion because I had a, a few fashion designer friends mm-hmm. as well, you know, growing up who went into fashion design. So I was, and I have a lot of artist friends, so I've always been around and I'm like that girl who likes to go to the gallery and mm-hmm. see art or whatever. So that's, you know, and I've taught art classes to, with, um, for after school programs to children and things like that. So I knew creatively, it was just a matter of me trying to figure out exactly what lane I wanted to start off in mm-hmm. and, um, and to, and to position myself where it would be good for me to um, transition and, you know, and not be so hard, you know, because I feel like I'm a true believer. If you plan things out, you you make the transition. It makes the transition a lot smoother. Right. Yeah. <laughs> now that was leading into my next question was how what drew you into hairstyling and costume design? Well, the hairstyling was first. Um, like I originally, the hairstyling did come first, and I actually got pushed. I think that way because at that time, um, I had um, uh, uh, my ex was in my life, and he. Um, and he always just, it was one thing he just kept saying, you should do, because I was really the girl who, like my daughter wore braids growing up. I didn't do the relaxer or anything with my daughter. Um, she always wore like the braids with the beads. And then as she got older, of course, you just do, you know, the appropriate style for the age. And um, so, and I, and I, you know, braided a lot of my girlfriends, you know, children's hair. And I was, I was kind of playing around with it, but I wasn't, you know, I was still kind of on the fence if, if I wanted to, you know, kind of dive into do it, you know, um, cause it was a big difference from what I was, had been doing. Mm-hmm. And, um, but he just kept saying, he was like, no, that's what you should, you know, he's like, you're, you're good at it. You really. And, and so I said, okay, to get a taste of the beauty world, I looked into it and I, um, and I said, I'm going to become a nail tech, but I was only a nail tech for like six, six months to a year, not that long. And, but what it did, because I still had to work my 40 hour a, a week job. So I said, well, I'm going to become a nail tech because it's, it's only going to take me a few months, you know, three or four months for me to do that. Mm-hmm. And then um, I can, you know, maybe find a salon that's convenient to, you know, everything else going on in my life that I can maybe go and do one or two days, like maybe a Saturday or, you know, a a couple of hours in the evening to kind of give me the feel, the salon feel. Mm -hmm. Because I I know me, if I put myself into into a situation, I'll know right off if it's something that I really want to do, you know, if I'm kind of feeling the energy of it. But well, as soon as I did that and became the nail tech and I, you know, to my first, you know, couple of days there and I was like yeah this this is really what I should be doing so mm-hmm. then I just continued my education um because you know you got I got credited for my hours I had already put in mm-hmm. with the to do the nail tech so I just continued my edu- education and, and just um finished my cosmetology license and then at two years after I um 
I think I graduated in nine in ninety. Yeah, in nineteen ninety, mm-hmm. I resigned in um, I think from the state in ninety two, mm-hmm. and opened up. Um, well, yeah, and opened up my own salon because I still I was working at a salon, but I stayed. I didn't really leave the salon until I was. I mean, the the state until I was actually ready to open up my own salon. Okay. So that's how that um, kind of came up, uh, about. And then the the studio design mm-hmm. group, like I said, was the umbrella of um, the salon itself was named Studio um, 209 Hair Salon because mm-hmm. my address was 209 South High oh. Street. So I stuck <laughs> the, the address in the name so mm-hmm. people would never forget where it was. Oh, okay. Um, that's clever. That's clever. <laughs> I, I try to be a little clever to, to when, when, when I'm kind of like design because a lot of like my things like logos and different things I write out and things that got to do with my brand. I'm actually creating myself. So I just try to be, um, you know, like I thought it was kind of clever to that way. It's easy to remember where I'm also located because mm-hmm. it's in the name. Right. <laughs> and what other kind of things did you do under the uh, studio design group? Um, oh yeah, like I was beginning to say before, I uh, inquired, uh, I bidded for and inquired a state contract that started off. I had it for like seven years, and uh, it started off where they was looking for someone to come up to the youth correctional facility, like once a week, um, to facilitate like beauty services for the female because I was mainly working with the females mm-hmm. the young the, the young youth to come up and um you know talk to them about hygiene and beauty and for the ones that were getting uh, emancipated out um you know um to even you know give them like a whole like look to uh in the skills that they uh and what the look that they needed for like a job interview so, um, so I bid it for it and, and, and obtained that. And then once I got into the program and, and kind of seen how the facility ran and, and, um, you know, got to know what, it, what, what else was going on, I presented to the superintendent. I said, well, you know, I appreciate, I'm coming up here and I'm doing these services for the young lady so they can interview. I said, but it comes to my attention that you got, you, they're also not getting the, like, basic skill sets that the young ladies needed to acquire mm-hmm. a job. You want part of their probation is you guys are acquiring, um, uh, having them, you know, they had to get a job, but you're not actually teaching them how to get it. You know, they right. need to more than just the, the, I mean, the outside appearance is, is, is good, you know, is important too, mm-hmm. but they need to know how to speak and how to answer questions and, and, you know, how, you know, what to do in an interview. They need to know how to, you know, make a basic resume mm-hmm. and, you know, things like that. And they, they were, yes. And so how can you give, make that part of their probation if you're not really teaching them to do it? Right. These are, these are kids. And some of the youth had, some of the young ladies have been in there, you know, since they were like 12 or 13, mm-hmm. you know, and they were like 17, 18, getting ready to be. And I'm like, you, I said, it's almost, to me, I looked at it like, it's, you got a system kind of like the system is now that's broken. You, you're, you're putting something on them that you're not really teaching them to do. You're taking them in as kids mm-hmm. and then you're letting them out as an adults, but you haven't taught them to, to um, gain what you're asking them to get, which inevitably can help can uh, cause them to come back in here because right. then they're in violation of their probation. And I mm-hmm. said, so 
that doesn't make sense to me. So with that said, I was able to get them to um, add on to my um, contract. And uh, I started also giving them like basic business courses, you Mm -hmm. know, um, like I said, how to set up a, you know, basic resume and questions to ask and, you know, you're along uh, to go along with your appearance, mm-hmm. you know, and how you should, you know, arrive in your appearance of a, of a interview as well. Oh, wow. So that, so that was a part of like the, um, studio design group, mm-hmm. um, because it was like my, you know, my corporation had the contract with mm-hmm. the state, oh, okay. you know, That's a um, so it was service. like, so it was, so, so it was kind of under the same umbrella, but separate, mm-hmm. you know? Okay. Yeah, that's an amazing service to provide because it is it's much needed. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And I think it's so amazing that you have not one but two Emmy Awards. <laughs> what, <laughs> yes, what shows yes, I've been blessed. <laughs> what shows did you work on for them? My very first Emmy I received um, working with the amazing, fabulous Tyra Banks. Oh, wow. Um, on her talk show, mm-hmm. and which I believe it's, um, I'm looking, nine, uh, uh, 2005. Okay. 2000, I think that was 2005, 2006 year for her syndicated show mm-hmm. um, for hair for that show. And then my second Emmy is for costume design for... Um, Outstanding costume design for the number one hits um, daytime drama, The Young and the Restless. Oh wow! So I, I was when I won that one, and that, I think I won that one in in um, twenty eighteen. I think that was more recent. That was okay. more in the recent years, like the, uh, I want to say last year. Maybe it was like no, it was twenty eighteen. I believe, uh, or it could have been. It might have been last year. I mean, 2018, 2019 year because mm-hmm. it usually goes in between like the two years. Okay. So, um, so yeah, I was very excited because I really, I have been a, I've been working in the industry as a hairstylist longer Mm -hmm. and, but I, I, I actually have a fashion degree as well. Okay. So when I really, um, I was working at CBS actually on the Tyra Banks show and I guess the Young and the Restless was, um, seeking a, um, stylist that you know uh, was um, could do multicultural hair so we were actually in the same building so my name was kind of I guess going around the circle to to ask or whatever to if I was interested to come upon the show so um, that's how I actually started coming on to Young and the Restless on a part-time basis because I was still actually filming um, Tyra at that time but she didn't film every day so around her schedule, I would work on um, Young Larissa's and, and help them out. So I really started off doing hair on that show. Okay. And then when Tyra ended, like her her third year, she, she um, I think her second or third year, she wanted to move her, she ended up moving her production to New York, put it that way. She ended up moving the production to New York. And um so I, but I, I still had, was doing hair on Young and the Restless, but it was just on a part-time basis. So when the costume designer for Young and the Restless at the time found that out, they were like, well, we didn't know that you, you know, you had a fashion background as well. Or would you be interested in 
um, since you're not filming Tyrant anymore, helping us in wardrobe. Mm -hmm. So for a, a short time, I actually was working in both departments on that show. Oh, I would do like a couple of days in hair and maybe one or two <laughs> days in wardrobe, which made it really easy because the, the actors already knew me. They were already comfortable with me. So it really didn't matter. I mean, it was it was really kind of funny. And a lot of the crew got a kick out of it because they were like, we've never seen that. Maybe <laughs> hair and makeup sometimes on projects if it's not union, because, of course, union, you can't do that because oh, okay. it's the same union for hair and makeup. Mm -hmm. But for wardrobe is a different union. It's local 705. Um, hair and makeup is 706. Mm -hmm. So because people ask me all the time, you can do both. And I said, but they're separate unions. Mm -hmm. I oh. said, you know, I said, so, yes. So now I can't do makeup on a union show, even though I don't advertise myself as a makeup artist, but I'm capable of doing like, you know, you're some basic beauty makeup. And, mm -hmm. you know, because I've had clients who I've gotten ready for events or red carpet and something happened with the makeup artist. So I had to end up doing their makeup as well. You know, their mm -hmm. makeup and their hair. Mm -hmm. And sometimes dressing them as well. I, I, I'm able <laughs> to do all three if necessary. Mm -hmm. But because of the way the union is structured and hair and makeup is one union, I, I can't do um, makeup on a union project because I'm listed as hair. Oh, okay. So um, that's kind of because people always say that works. But since um, costume design is separate, it's a whole different union. Mm -hmm. um, is is it does is no conflict of interest or anything. Mm -hmm. So um, so I was really ecstatic because I really I really I had been working um, on that show. Um, so once I was doing both, the costume designer ended up offering me a full-time position as an assistant designer. Um, so I ended up taking that. Um, mm -hmm. And cause I felt like at that time I was fairly fresh in the industry. It was, that was really my first probably three or four years of being in Los Angeles. So I was, you know, I'm always me. I'm very hungry. I'm still now always very hungry and, and, you know, you know, pushing myself and, and things like that. So I was like, yeah, you know, it's a little less costumes sometimes make a little less money than um, hair on um, mm -hmm. on productions. Mm -hmm. So but I felt like it was a full time position on a long standing running show. So in the long run, I was going to make plenty of money. I, didn't, I wasn't worried about it, even though it was a little less money than what I would make as a hairstylist. Mm -hmm. And um, and it gave me a chance to be a accomplished as um, a costumer and, you know, costume um, in costume design and things like that. So because um, I felt like I, you know, I had, I had got my Emmy for hair. And so I really wanted to kind of plateau the fashion up to that level, too. Mm -hmm. And I said it would be great if I could get an Emmy in my other medium, mm -hmm. which is costume design. And then like a year later, we won. So I was just like, so, so blessed. So my next thing is um, uh, an Oscar. <laughs> <laughs> that is the creme de la creme right there. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so what's the process for hairstyling on a show? Like how are the looks chosen? Um, is that something that the uh, producers um, say that, you know, they choose those first and then you just go according to what they do or do you get to put your own creative input in it how does that work well I mean for I say overall for the most part it's it comes down to like the character of course of the script you you want to you're going to read the script or you know who um, usually the department head and maybe the key 
you know, uh, depend on how big your team is. But anyway, if you're like, you know, running the department, you basically would read the script and your the characters, how you um, create the characters if you're creating from scratch, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, you're basically creating, you're getting the feel of the character through the script. But of course, you're you're listening to the producer and, mm-hmm. you know, whoever's, you know, the creative force is behind the storyline. You know, you, you get, you sit, that's what, you, you know, you have your production meetings and you get a chance to see what, the creator's vision is because you got to take that into account because this is, you know, these are their, this is their story, you know, and, um, uh, and producers or whoever. And then of course the actor, the person that's playing the role, um, they're playing this role. So of course they're, they're, they, they're going to have their input and their feel of what they want. Mm-hmm. Then you kind of take all that and you create some of your magic into that mm-hmm. where you're happy with it and everyone else is happy with it. I mean, that's that's really the, that how, how you have to do that. You know, it's never really just your thing, you right. know, unless you have unless you're the person in total creative control of the whole look, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. which is very rare. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, because even if even if you do as the creative force have that. um, Have that a bit, you know, have that you still the actor, the person playing the character is always going to have some, in, want some input on it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, um, so it's always to me going to be a, at least a couple of people. Mm-hmm. Right. Vision that you're going to, but it, it basically starts from the script and trying to visualize because you're basically taking the words of the script and bringing it to life mm-hmm. by the visual. Right. Yeah. I've been inside the, um, makeup and hair trailers and it's like a whole world in there <laughs> it's it basically oh. looks like a from the ones i've seen it looks like a mini salon on wheels <laughs> absolutely absolutely whether it's on, on a trailer or mm-hmm. you know if you're of course if you're in a studio you actually mm-hmm. have a room that actually looks like a salon mm-hmm. so to speak and um yeah it's it, it's a whole vibe but i like you know we I, i've worked on some really great sets Mm-hmm. Um, I've been, I mean, very, um, you know, blessed and I don't want to say, you know, lucky, but, um, cause I feel like with, you know, hard work and determination and, mm-hmm. and, and, um, you know, some faith and prayer, you know, you can mm-hmm. make some things happen. Right. <laughs> um, I've been, I've been blessed that way. And, uh, I've been, you know, I've worked on some, with some really, you know, um, great group of, uh, creative groups, you know, I, I, I will say, you know, I've, I've um, you know, I've, um, I, I, I've had some, for the most part, you know, you always have, I think with any, you know, profession or any, um, career, you know, you're going to, you know, because life is a challenge. So it's always going to be challenges and different controversies you have to deal with. It's, Mm -hmm. it's it's your, uh, it's your reaction to them. That's important. Right. And, um, Speaking of controversies, like in in today's environment, there's been talks of diversity um, in TV and film as far as the hair and makeup um, departments. Have you faced any challenges in the field as a Black woman doing hair and makeup? Um, I would say... I wouldn't say necessarily like just direct directly mm-hmm. something like real personal like that, you know, mm-hmm. towards me like directly that I've this way that I've known of, mm-hmm. but you know, I've seen different things and different biases. And I, I mean, for overall, um, my 
um, relationship and my experience in the industry has went, you know, really well through the years. But Mm -hmm. I have been disappointed, uh, disappointed Mm -hmm. with uh, a couple of, um, you know, situations. But I'm the type of person and I'm not going to sit and really complain about the situation. Mm -hmm. I once I'm kind of feel like if I'm unhappy with a situation or I feel like, okay, it, it was it was working at, you know, at first, but now it's not really working for me. Or if I feel like I'm underappreciated or not valued, mm-hmm. I'm really won't because I'm not a complainer. I just set out to remove myself from that situation mm-hmm. and put myself mm-hmm. in a better situation. Because sitting okay. around complaining about it mm-hmm. is not going to really do anything. Now, if 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 I have dealt with something if I have to deal with something that's like a direct disrespect or, mm-hmm. you know, prejudice uh, or some uh, to that, I am definitely that person that will stand up for myself. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm not scared to go toe to toe with anybody when it comes to that, because I'm definitely mm-hmm. about equality and being fair. And I mean, we all know it's a lack of diversity in mm-hmm. this industry. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't really like to say, you know, because uh, it's an industry that I do love working in. I mm-hmm. will say that, you know, um, it's provided a very, you know, uh, it's a comfortable lifestyle for me. And it's I get to do all the things that I like to do creative mm-hmm. pretty much at the same time. So it's, it's, it is an industry that I love to work in. But mm-hmm. just like any other industry. It all has its biases and issues that, you know, I mean, you know that by just what's going on in the world right now. It's everywhere. Right. It's in sports. It's in politics. It's in mm-hmm. corporate world. It's in the te- television and film industry. It's mm-hmm. everywhere. It's in the jail systems. It's in the police force. It's everywhere. Right. Like I said, it's how, what are you going to do about it? How mm-hmm. are you going to deal with it? You know, um, you could sitting around complaining, mm-hmm. you know. That's not helping, <laughs> you know, get, get, get involved. Like I tell people, even on like the, and I say community work, but you know, the thing is if you're a community activist and you're, you're it kind of ties into pol- politics, whether you want it to or not, it's something mm-hmm. they, they just kind of go together, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so I'm like, you know, get involved sometimes in your, in, in whatever it is you feel like that you're being unfair and whether it's your job, you know, if there's a union, get involved in a union on your job. If it's mm-hmm. your neighborhood or you being unfair, then get involved in, you know, what's start at a smaller level. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? There's, there's different, there's so many things that people can do at like a small, you know, at a, at a small level. That's just mm-hmm. like right in your neighborhood, right. like right in your vicinity, mm-hmm. you know, um, but a lot of people don't think because all the small things, you know, just like your all your small successes will lead up to a bigger success. Yeah. Well, you know, well that is the same with everything. Mm-hmm. You know, all your all the things that you push forward to, you know, they will make a big success one day. Now, it mm-hmm. might not be from you, but maybe the next generation. You right. Know? Just like the John Lewis's and 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 Martin Luther King's and you know people have done for us. Mm-hmm. You know. Right. Um, you you basically like kind of ju- you 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 start in the chain, you know. Mm-hmm. Of, um, like I said, is 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 how you react to things, right? And speaking but of, I definitely, oh, I'm, sorry. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh no, go ahead. Finish your thought. No, I said so. I definitely have, um, you know, because like I said, I, I was in a in a situation where I felt like you know I had worked for a show for a long time, and even though I came 
I was coming to the table with, to be honest, a lot more experience and definitely education-wise than a lot of the successors, um, you know, of other races had held that position. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt like, you know, they really are never, they, they just are probably not going to ever offer me this position. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm not going to complain about it. I'm not even going to really boo boo. I'm just, I just, with that said, because I feel like if I know I'm qualified for something mm-hmm. and you wouldn't, and, and, and I feel like, you know, or if I've done some things which proven to me that you're not even really even going to consider me for this position, that tells me that it has to be some type of either you don't appreciate my what I'm bringing to the table or you have some type of prejudice against me mm-hmm. because you have had other people in this position that don't have fashion degrees, mm-hmm. didn't come to the table with the Emmy, you know, didn't have right. certain things in play that I already had. The only thing that person might have had more to me that is that they had worked on the show a lot longer, but they had mm-hmm. never worked on another show. But I've worked in every medium. I've done commercial, mm-hmm. national commercials. I've done music videos. I've done daytime TV. I've done talk shows. I've done feature films. Like I've worked in pretty much every medium, mm-hmm. you know. But and so I feel like if I know I'm what I'm bringing to the table, and knowing that these that this company would never offer me that top position for um. Uh, for that. And I said, well, I just need to remove myself from being here because that tells me they undervalue who I am. Mm -hmm. So I don't need to be here anymore. That's, that's the way I chalked it up. So Mm -hmm. I just set myself up to um, ease on out when, when it was on my terms. Mm -hmm. See, what I tell people is like, don't get angry about stuff. Not unless you, I mean, I can see if it's like something that's like a total disrespect, like boom Mm -hmm. in your face. But don't get so upset and walk away of, of some of something from something that is actually, you know, maybe ninety percent a good thing. Like you are getting, you are benefiting from it. Uh-huh. You know, remove yourself from it, but on your own terms. So that's what I kind of do. I just try right. to, you know, I do keep doing what I'm doing, and then when I'm ready to exit, that's when mm-hmm. I exit. You know, right. um, because like I said, it it, it, it was. You know, um, because other than that, I, my experience on the show was great. Cast and crew couldn't mm-hmm. be better. Mm-hmm. I'm still very much friends with, you know, everybody on this particular um, production that I'm, you know, I'm speaking of. Mm-hmm. And um, but like I said, it it really I just looked at it like I don't need to complain about it. The show was, you know, it's it's it's. It's been great for for me over the years, mm-hmm. um, but with me feeling this way about this, um, it's just that my season's ended here, which was fine for me because I usually try to do something. Um, I, I like to say something, you know, kind of big or grand every mm-hmm. decade, every ten years, and mm-hmm. I didn't seek out to do that. But when I look back at my life a little bit, I realized that every 10 years I've kind of made a major move. Like I, I stayed at this, you know, working with the government for 10 years. I, I resigned from there and became an entrepreneur, mm-hmm. you know, opened up my own salon, uh, had my own salon for 10 years and then moved to Los Angeles. Um, and then, um, 
you know, and then was I was on that show a little longer than the 10 years. But I said, you know, it's about time. for, And that's what made me say, you know what? This is why I'm feeling this way. Because mm-hmm. my 10 years has passed and it's time <laughs> for me to make a move. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. so I just took I kind of chuckled to myself about it and, and it was like, you know, don't even complain about it. Just, you know, you need to because, you know, like I said, it, it was good to me at the time and, and it was time for me to kind of, you know, make a move. And it was probably one of the best moves I made. I had like really ever since I just started being more involved because that the show was actually very consuming because of the mm-hmm. schedule that they kept or whatever. So it kept, kind of kept me in that particular medium. But once I popped out and um, to do like bigger projects, I was mm-hmm. able to pop out and do smaller things. But once I kind of relinquished that, my seat there mm-hmm. and um, and one of my friends actually has my position because when I would leave and go duck out and do other productions, I brought mm-hmm. in someone and, and trained her actually. Okay. To uh, show somebody that was really trying to be wanted to really be a um, you know a fashion style wardrobe stylist, and once they had done some projects but didn't have a you know a steady gig and was really mm-hmm. kind of struggling and and she was helping out some of the other shows in the building so we kind of met that way mm-hmm. so and I said well you know I I get asked to do a hair on a lot of other projects that I want to go work on so I'll you know kind of see how the team feels kind of start rolling you in to help us out. And just train you that way. So it kind of made me feel good because I feel like, you know, it's like some things are just meant to be. And I said, I I feel good. I'm I'm in a position where, you know, I can go do other things because I have this other skill as well and make even more money. Mm -hmm. And And I'm also helping a friend get into this other medium because you know the fashion medium because she wants to be in and so I basically created a job for her mm-hmm. and created better opportunities for me mm-hmm. so for me that was like a, a win-win thing so um so that's kind of how that, that that I would say that would be my nutshell in my experience mm-hmm. of um you know some bias in mm-hmm. you know so to speak um in the industry other than that, like I said, for the most part, I not I should knock on wood about that. <laughs> <laughs> that I like that. how you. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say I like how you spoke about you know if you do experience any you know any uh, negativity in that area that you don't complain about it. You figure out what you can do to get around it. Um, I've seen on shows where um, there's a roadblock for um, uh, black hairstylists um, and makeup artists wanting to get in because when you're when you're crewing up, you get lots of applications, but then they aren't able to work on the show because they're not in the union. So there's that roadblock there. So what would you Absolutely. say? Yeah, what would you say to um, up and coming um, hairstylists, makeup artists, um, you know, that are black who want to get in, but they they're not in the union. It's, it's, it feels like it's a catch twenty two. Like, you know, it, it, it is, it. and sometimes it is, and, and sometimes it can be because I know. And and don't let that. I would say one first of all, don't let that discourage you because there's mm-hmm. there are projects out here that are not union. Mm-hmm. There are gigs out here that are not union, and sometimes you can go, you can start working 
on a, a non-union gig and the and the and the the show ends up flipping to union, which mm-hmm. gets you in on the entry level. But then you have to work get your hours in and your days in to work up the ladder because it's different is different um, tiers of the union as well. Like you can't just come in and and then work on anything that you want to work in. It doesn't mm-hmm. work like that because you you shouldn't get the same privileges that some of us that's been in the union for 10, 20, 30 mm-hmm. years if you're just coming in. So they right. that's why they have it like that. Mm-hmm. So but so that's one way to kind of get in. So don't be discouraged if you're working on something non-union because you know, you you still can count. Some of those hours can still be counted to, to go towards that. So, um, so, and I would say, you know, try to you know network and meet people. Um, follow, start following um, artists that um, that are on um, in the union, and, and whether they're in the union or not, I always tell people when if it's something that you want to get into, you're interested in, or you already have a business and you want to brand build, you know especially now with everything virtual, go online or do you, cause everybody's usually on social media, you mm-hmm. know, instead of following people that are not really doing anything on social media, mm-hmm. follow people that, you know, that you admire what they're doing or, you know, you like their lifestyle. That's a level of admiring them. Well, learn how they got that lifestyle. Mm-hmm. You know, like I, I follow a lot of, um, strong, you know, really strong black women, some of them, uh, you know, online, some of them, and I, and I follow them according to what, you know, my lifestyle, my interests are, you know, I follow a lot of, uh, um, uh, people, you know, of course, industry stylists and non-industry stylists. I got some of them stylists I, I follow are just salon, they, they own salons, but they're, they're business women, you know, because, you know, um, so, and you could learn something, you know, cause you could learn something from the business side as well of it. So start following people that, you know, that you can um, get inspired by and learn from and kind of start studying them what they're doing. And then, you know, um, you know, maybe like some of their pictures, comment or whatever. You might get some interaction from them. You never know. Or they might if there's somebody like like I started following years ago, um, Karen Silva. I'm sure you heard of her. And, you know, she's a um, media uh, mogul, Mm -hmm. you know, she's a brand builder. She's, I mean, she's worked with, you know, um, uh, Fortune 500 companies, Mm -hmm. you know, you know, star athletes or whatever, Mm -hmm. you know, so I admire her for what, I don't know her, you know, I, I, you know, she's not a friend of mine, but Mm -hmm. I admire what she does. I, you know, I, right. And I, I look at how she structures her business. She has Mm -hmm. a a whole academy that will, where you can take courses and Mm -hmm. classes and even do one-on-ones with her. And sometimes you, when you have people like that, Mm -hmm. um, they, uh, sometimes some people say, well, you know, I don't have the money to take the course. I said, sometimes that you might see, they might look up and do like a little short introductory to something to, mm-hmm. to introduce you to what they can do for you, right. you know, and then, or, and they might have a special and say, well, you know, instead of it being, you know, $400, this is going to be $99 or whatever. And I, I was like, well, if it's your business in your future, you know, um, it's worth, you know, spending $99 for, mm-hmm. or, or whatever it, it is or whatever. And until you can do that, like I said, just try to follow that person and, um, you know, read what they do. Cause I mean, there's plenty of, you know, a lot of people have books that, you know, you can download and, and, and read if you can't, mm-hmm. 
you know, afford to actually take a like an online course that they might have. And like I took a, an interest in like podcasting. So I started following a lot of podcasters mm-hmm. and, you know, and just kind of seeing how like because that's a whole nother world It's part right. of <laughs> somewhat part of the industry, but that is a whole nother world. Mm-hmm. And uh, I said, so like that's kind of what I do. I, I follow you know, um, even like, you know, political people that I admire, musicians that I admire, because I, I get inspired by lots of things, mm-hmm. you know, whether it's physical things I'm listening to, things I'm 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 visually seeing, um, you know, or sometimes I can read something or see something about someone else that might spark an idea like, oh, you know what I can do, you know, so you just never know what um, I'm like feed off of other people's energy. Mm-hmm. And um, one of my sayings is I'm like, if you're the smartest one in your circle, you're in the wrong circle. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're not growing. That's why I tell mm-hmm. people, if you don't have anyone, don't try to be the smartest. I don't want to be the smartest one in my circle because I want to grow. I want to continue to learn and grow and get knowledge, you know, so um you know, I'm not trying to be the, the, the smartest one in my in my circle at all. But I think that's what a lot of people, they want to be, you know, you don't have to do be the grand one all the time. Because, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes the people who have the most success are succeeding quietly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's true. That's true. <laughs> yeah, they don't have to talk about it because you see what they do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, you really don't. You don't have to really talk about it. But I mean, you want to, of course, if you're selling a product and doing things like that, you, you know, you want to advertise and talk about it. Because trust me, I'm on my social media talking about things all the time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I don't feel like it's necessary for me to make, you know, I make noise when I want to make noise. And, uh, you know, I, I feel like you might, you, you know, your achievements are, are your noise. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us about your hair care line. Oh, yes. Yes. It's one of my <laughs> proud moments. Mm-hmm. Um, HOB beauty brand, mm-hmm. which is, you know, of course derived from um, House of Broadnecks. Mm-hmm. And um, I, Started kind of developing kind of my own formulas to put on my hair. My hair has um, mainly been natural for most of my life. Sometimes I wear it, I've grown it out and wear it, wore it really long. Sometimes mm-hmm. I've, you know, cut it off like now and wear it short. Mm-hmm. But um, I've always been into um, healthy hair. And no matter what, whether you're, you're wearing your natural hair, you're wearing braids or you're wearing you know, you care for your hair under, you know, your wig or your pieces or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like my, my thing has always been like, you know, natural, you know, you're taking care of your hair, mm-hmm. no matter, you know, what your choice is. So I just started and I'm very big on like clean products and not putting, uh, I'm a cancer survivor, um, mm-hmm. 10 year cancer survivor. Oh, okay. So um, thank you. So I was, and I was always kind of conscious of that, conscious of that anyway. But mm-hmm. after dealing with my um, cancer, I really just, you know, started, you know, doing everything like, you know, clean mm-hmm. as far as, you know, um, I started eating mainly plant-based and I was already kind of vegetarian. I had been vegetarian at that time anyway. So mm-hmm. I really wouldn't, I was only eating fish. I really wasn't eating, eating a lot of consuming a lot of meat anyway. Mm-hmm. So, um, I started just doing, so when my hair grew back, cause I did do chemo and so I lost all my hair. Mm-hmm. And so when my, my hair grew back, I just started cause my, my scalp was always so irritated during that process. I started mixing some oils and stuff 
to put on my hair to soothe the irritation of mm-hmm. my scalp. And I knew that it was the it was the medicine oh, okay. in my body. But I had decided to do the chemo because with all my research, because I research everything, I don't I go. I, like I said, I'm a planner. Mm-hmm. I, I went in planning, took the advice from my doctors. I said, but I'm gonna do my own research, you know, get my second opinion and see which way I should go. And I said, because I don't like doing a lot of, you know, um, man-made, you know, medicines in mm-hmm. your body. Cause I grew up an athlete. So I'm very funny about like what I put in my body. And I said, mm-hmm. but with my research, I found out that when you go, the percentage, when you go 100% holistic, your lifespan is not long mm-hmm. at all. So I said, okay, well, I don't know about that option. So let me see Mm -hmm. what, you know. So I said, well, I, you know, told my doctors what my decisions was I wanted to do. And I said, I'm going to go ahead and do the chemo, but everything else is going to be holistically. Mm -hmm. So that's what I did. And I feel like me making that decision uh, is why I'm still standing here 10 years later. That's amazing. Yes, yes. Thank you. Wow. And so you wrote a book called Success in Beauty, The Secrets of Confidentially Following Your Dreams Effortlessly. Uh, What inspired you to write that book? And uh, can you give us a little bit um, of what it's about? Well, it's an empowerment book. And I actually wrote a chapter in that book. Success um, um, in Beauty was actually uh, formulated um, from a author, number one bestselling author and uh, motivational speaker and and talk show, a radio talk show host, um, Charlotte Howard out of, I believe she's in North Carolina, one of the Carolinas, but this is one, not this say North Carolina. Mm-hmm. And um, I actually was a guest on her radio show um, a while back. And she was actually at that time putting together, um, what's it called? Uh, an, uh, an analogy. Is that what it is when it's several authors? Um, um, am I pronouncing it correctly? I believe it's an uh, anthology. Anthology, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, I was close. I knew it was something. I was like, am I saying this right? Um, so after having a, an interview with her on her show, she she um, invited me to be one of the authors of, um, you know, in, in the series, and mm-hmm. uh, which I was, you know, I was ecstatic about it. And she was like, I think you'll be a perfect person to be a part of this. So that's kind of how it introduced me to... Um, being a part of book writing, which mm-hmm. I have been approached in the past about writing a book mm-hmm. and, and I still, you know, want to, but with me, it depends on not if I'm going to do it more like, you know, is it the right time to do it? And when okay. I, when I was first, first approach, it really wasn't the right time. I, I didn't feel like I had the time to really put into actually writing Mm-hmm. Some you know writing something, but then when I was approached with this, and I only had to really write a chapter, and I said, oh, okay, well you know I can write a chapter, <laughs> and that will kind of introduce me mm-hmm. as a co-author, mm-hmm. which can you know kind of give me a stepping steps stepping stone to lead into maybe my own book later on down the line. That's how mm-hmm. I looked at that, you okay. know, when I'm ready. So I said, okay, this would give me, you know, be able to get my, you know, say my my feet wet, a little, little dip in the water a little bit of being an author. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it's another creative process. 
like I'm I'm drawn to anything that's kind of creative because like I, I I paint as a hobby. Mm-hmm. I can you know I can sketch you know fairly well from my you know fashion degree background. Mm-hmm. So I, I like to just do you know artsy things. So I said okay. So I did that. So it was basically an empowerment book, and I think it was ten of us, I believe, mm-hmm. women, and we we were from all walks of life, different careers, different states mainly. I think it was only like a couple of us that were actually in the same. I think it was two people in the Carolinas and. I think it might've been someone out here in California with me, mm-hmm. but everybody else was, was other places. But, um, and it was great. We had like, um, as we wrote the book, we wrote our own chapters, but then we would have groups, um, but, you know, we would have chats on, you know, because there still was going to be a collaboration together, but that was mm-hmm. where Charlotte came into. Oh. He kind of was the collaborator and, um, and uh, on the project, it was it was really like her project. So mm-hmm. I I think it's a it's a it was a number one bestseller on Amazon. So that oh, wow. was pretty amazing. Yeah. And, but yeah, I think it's a it's either a four or five part series of empowerment okay. books. But I'm only in two of them. OK. I was only a part of two of the last two, I believe. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of how that came about. Basically, you know, just. I was an interview just like I'm, you know, sitting here talking to you and something mm-hmm. more came out of, you know, the conversation of just telling my story. That's why mm-hmm. I tell people, you know, tell your story. Right. Your story could help someone else. It could inspire someone else. It could mm-hmm. make someone else dream bigger, you know. So I just try to tell my story. I'm like, I was a young mother, you know, mm-hmm. I was a young sing- single mom with two children. I said, mm-hmm. so if, if, if I can become become a uh, Emmy award winning you know stylist you know why couldn't you mm-hmm. and that's true now being a stylist and you have to deal with styling people uh, for different shows and things like that what is your personal mm-hmm. style my personal style wow is really very kind of clean and minimal mm-hmm. you know I would say I would say classic minimal but with a little edge I always have to have a little you know I like very classic but you know you gotta have a little little it gotta have a little street edge to it gotta have a little something <laughs> like if I got on a, a nice flower I mean flowy dress or something like that you know on a cool mm-hmm. night I'm probably gonna have a little motorcycle you know a little crop motorcycle with jacket mm-hmm. on with it you know mm-hmm, to kind of give cute. it a little edge <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> do you have a, a favorite style decade Wow. Um, I like lots of them, but I would say one of my favorites is probably like the 60s, mm-hmm. you okay. know, which was very kind of like mod. It was very mm-hmm. a lot of things about the classic kind of mod that I liked. Um, um, there, you know, the, the, well, the 70s was a little bit more bohemian and, mm-hmm. um, um, and I'm very current. Like I, I, I'm kind of. I mean, I love. I have my love for. I would say the probably the 50s and 60s are probably my two favorites. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, but there's things that I like about each decade. With mm-hmm. my favorite being probably the 50s and 60s. But I'm. I have a love for just wanting to know what's current. What's mm-hmm. what's what's new before anybody else. No, it's new. Or even I tell people start a trend. A trend is, and I don't even like to say I don't. I don't. What, I don't know what it is about the word trend because I feel mm-hmm. like trend is is in today, out tomorrow, mm-hmm. and I'm not. I don't. You know, I, I'm I'm not that girl. I'm more like classic. I like 
building. But I tell people you can you can play around with the trends, but mm-hmm. build your wardrobe. Think about your top 10, 15, you know, classic investment pieces. Mm-hmm. And then you know, kind of add the little the trendy stuff because trendy just is in this season, out this season. You know, I like to, I'm more into by you know paying a little bit more for quality things mm-hmm. that that's classic that I can pull out of my closet. I I have stuff that I'm still wearing that I've had the whole 20 years I've been out here and it's still current. It's still in in fashion. You would think that I just purchased it, but mm-hmm. it's classic, so it's, it doesn't go out of style. So mm-hmm. you want to spend most of that. You want to spend your that you know the more money on your investment pieces that can you know stand the test of time, like a nice you know, handbag, a really good tailored suit, you -hmm. know, a couple of good, you know, um, black dresses, um, you know, you know, some, uh, a trench coat, Mm -hmm. you know, if you're on the East coat, a nice, you know, a nice, um, structured winter coat that can Mm -hmm. go over, a you know, a nice, you know, suit or a nice dress, or even, you know, a a gown, if you have to do a red carpet or something, you don't Mm want to do a fur. You know, even if it's faux. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, do you have a, a favorite style icon? Ooh, I have several. I have, <laughs> uh, of course, the um, amazing, beautiful Iman. Mm. Um, as far as um, style and model icon. Um, Two of my couple of my favorite designers are like um, um, Kevin Hall. I love one of my, you know, go way back is um, um, Chanel, Coco Chanel, Gabrielle, um, uh, just for her, her cleanness. And, um, you know, and I like because I know like a lot of times I can just look at clothes and I'll know right off like what designer that is. Mm-hmm. You know, because because they, you know, designer, they have like a certain style, like different um, signature things that they do for their brand and mm-hmm. and think that their brand might be known for. And like, you know, like Roberto Cavalli, you know, he's known and like Versace, like they were known for their very, you know, vibrant colors and, you know, um, you know, really prints and things like that, where like, you know, Chanel with um um Miss Gabrielle and then um later, you know, for years Carl Lagerfeld up until recently. Um, you know, she was known for her, you know, her her famous tweet suits and of course her perfume lines and things like that. But mm-hmm. you know, it, it was a certain structure. She did a lot of she was known for black and white, mm-hmm. you know, that type of thing. Um so I, I do I have a lot of different designers that I, I admire for different things, like for gowns and things like that. I like Carolina Herrera, Oscar de la Rente. I tend to go towards um, a lot of maybe the um, the the more mature designers that's been around in the game for a little while. And mm-hmm. then, you know, but I, I like my my younger ones too. And like I said, it all depends on who I'm dressing too. If I'm mm-hmm. if I'm styling somebody, because you're styling the person, or if I'm working with someone creating, you know, to help them, you know, create their image, you know, you just, you're going to go off of what their personality is and what makes them comfortable. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so what advice would you give to someone who wants to do what you do? They want to be a hairstylist or a costume designer. What overall advice would you give them? 
Well, if they if they want to be a hairstylist and they're not one yet, they have to go get a cosmetology license, which means you have to go to school for a year or two, depending on what your schedule is. Mm-hmm. So um, because you cannot be a professional in a salon or on television or film sets without a license. Mm-hmm. Um, so you definitely need that. Now, if you already have your license, then and say you're in a salon, but you want to start doing some um a television and film or some production things, or I say, you know, start where you can start first. You should, you know, try to get a platform where people can see your work. If you don't have a website, you can't do a website right now. Take one of your social medias and make that your, your, um, your portfolio, so to speak. Cause so, so, so if somebody wants to see some of your work, you have somewhere to go. You can say, well, I'm working on my website, but if you go to my IG, you know, there's some there's some really creative pictures of some work I did there or whatever. That's perfectly acceptable nowadays, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, because one of the things if I'm working with someone and for the first time, whether they were referred to me or not, you know, especially if they're like assisting or what it, something like that and they're new and I'm trying to help them kind of get in or build them up or whatever. The first thing I'm going to ask you is for your social media, because I'm going to go, because I don't know you, mm-hmm. but your social media is going to tell me a little bit about you by what you have on your social media. It's going to kind of tell mm-hmm. me where, you know, kind of where you at, where your mind, you know, cause I feel like if that's, if you want to be into business and you want to be on a certain platform mm-hmm. and then you need to make where you're at now, you know, kind of, you know, business friendly, so to speak, you can still keep, because I still keep my, social media platforms, fun and light mm-hmm. or whatever. But mm-hmm. if you go to my social medias, you'll see that they're all kind of about business, something creative, something that I'm doing, mm-hmm. you know, um, try to keep more. This is just my advice. Cause I know that people, even employers go to your social media now. Mm-hmm. So one of my things is like, try to keep some of your more personable stuff, personal, personal. Everybody don't need to know everything about you on social media. <laughs> a lot of people don't even want to know everything about you. <laughs> You know, so I would start there because I say, you know, because a lot of times, you know, right now I know people who might not have money to do your do website or, mm-hmm. you know, do different things or what, but you can do, like uh, I said, it, it's the small things that count, that right. lead up, small successes that lead up. So I would say that was the first thing because you don't know anybody in an industry that you want to get in, you know, so, you know, make your platform inviting to someone to say oh this person this artist this makeup artist is interesting oh because I mean I follow a lot of makeup artists that I know that are not in the industry mm-hmm. but they're but they you know they doing the dang thing they doing it however they can do it whether it's online or whether or, and that's what their you know their Instagrams and stuff is about you know mm-hmm. that's how I know what they're doing that you know they you know not that they're not having fun and you know hanging out and doing stuff with their friends they just don't put that on social media. You know, mm-hmm. I do that too, but it's just not really on my social media. No, my followers don't want to necessarily see that. And maybe if I am at like a, you know, a Beyonce concert or something, they might get into mm-hmm. that, you know, if I got, some good, <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I would say start there and then try to, you know, get on smaller projects, um, you know, go online and um, look and see if, and I know right now it's a little different because we, you know, we're talking in a pandemic time and, mm-hmm. and even production as a whole is going to be very different than what it's been. We know it to have, you know, be up until 2020. Mm-hmm. So let's just put that out there. And, you know, and because no, it's not a lot of stuff filming even right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's the smaller things or whatever. So I would just say right now, 
Um, everybody's been, a lot of people have been home for these four or five months or at least, you know, two to three months out of that stretch or, or whatever. And I'm like, this is where people should be, should have been sitting, sitting saying, okay, what do I need to, what can I do that can either, if not, and, and or generate me some income or mm-hmm. generate me some opportunities. Right. That's how I kind of look at this time. Cause you know, mm-hmm. I mean, everything I do is physical. Mm-hmm. And I said, I've spent more time in my house probably in the last year than <laughs> I have in almost the 10 years I've owned it because, you know, <laughs> you, you know, television and film, we work in 10, 14 mm-hmm. hour days. Right. You know? mm-hmm. So I said, to, you know, I said, well, what can I do to, still kind of push my brand and um I said I'm not filming but I can focus I'm not filming so I'm not really doing that part of my brand mm-hmm. but what other aspect of the brand can I be working on mm-hmm. so I was originally going to do a uh, HOB beauty brand launch during LA Fashion Week mm-hmm. that was when my brand my um, launch was scheduled but of course that all got shut down from the pandemic Mm-hmm. So and the so the brand was basically launched right at the beginning of the pandemic online because that's the only way I had to do it because mm-hmm. we couldn't go anywhere. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty much what I've been working on. You know, the bulk of the time is just pushing the brand, keeping the the um, the brand presence online, getting mm-hmm. the product out there. Because I mean, everything you, we do now is for right now is pretty much virtual. Right. So I just been pushing that and, you know, kind of, you know, um, the, the product will be HOB beauty will be available, um, soon in mm-hmm. the H and E goods company store, mm-hmm. um, okay. here in Los Angeles mm-hmm. over towards, um, Beverly Hills, Cedar Sinai area. Mm-hmm. And so that's a good, it's a great thing to know that my product is going to be in that store. And so, like I said, I've just been, um, I feel like I tell people just to, Sit back, just to sit back and plan out what it is that you want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, write things down. One of the things that has helped me that I even talk about in Success to Beauty is that I'm I, like I keep journals. I write everything down, you know, because I I have so much creative stuff going on. Um, I'm you you sometimes don't remember thing one thing next to the next, or I might start on something, but then I have to jump over here and read a couple of scripts, but then I might have to come back to something creative over here. Well, mm-hmm. I need to take bullet notes to kind of know where I left off or what else I have to do because my brain has been consumed with a whole other project with characters over here, but now I have to kind of turn it off and turn something else on over here. Mm-hmm. So planning and note-taking is, and being organized has always been, um, you know, very important and a, 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 a really major part of how I function mm-hmm. because I, I feel like, if I'm organized and functioning smoothly, then that trickles down to every aspect of my life. And that's kind of mm-hmm. how I feel. Like I'm, I'm I'm a busy person and I like being busy, but my life as a whole is very peaceful, mm-hmm. very organized, very just kind of peaceful. And that's that's something to say. It keeps you your mind calm because one of my brand um, things, my brand is basically about beauty, fashion um, art and, and culture and mm-hmm. just, you know, self-care and, mm-hmm. and, you know, and just, and, and self-care and, 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 and having a, a learning how to live a, you know, a, a comfortable, healthy lifestyle, you know, mm-hmm. now if that catapults into being a, you know, rich, healthy lifestyle, then <laughs> so be it. 
But right. um, but a lot of it is, you know, how we reacted things, how we plan things. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, I would just say, you know, try to network, get a portfolio or something going that, that where people can see your work. Try to seek out smaller projects when things start picking back up because I know it's not much going on. But like do a couple photo shoots. Sometimes mm-hmm. I tell people if you don't have a portfolio, or you don't have like really creative, like, you know, editorial ish, you know, photos, mm-hmm. then seek out a photographer online like Craigslist and do a, a photo shoot. I said a lot of times you can find a photo shoot like that. You're not getting paid, but you're getting the photos. Everybody's doing it pro bono because they're doing it for whatever they need the photos for, whether it's the model, whether it's a photographer, because even if you're established, I do that every so often. And mm-hmm. we just do create a photo shoots because you have to up, update your, you know, your portfolios, your websites, your, you know, you just, you want fresh content. Mm-hmm. You You have to constantly, you know, make fresh content for, you know, whatever it is that you're doing or selling or, um, cause most people, if they're, you know, they want to go into some type of business is at some point they're probably selling something. They're selling a, a, a object or their service of some type. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would say like, just kind of start there. And then as you get your little projects, you'll meet different people. I met, you know, how when I first moved out here, I had like I did get the one the one project that was just like a, a like I think it was a ten months project. Mm-hmm. But then after that, I didn't have anything that was like concrete. Mm-hmm. So in between time, but you know I was still you know going back and forth, um, like you know every other month or so, mm-hmm. um, keeping my clients back in Ohio happy. But what I decided to do was I said, well, you know. I'm going to go work in a salon on the days that if I'm not filming somewhere, because like for a few years, I didn't have a regular show or rather a regular production, but I was working pretty steadily. But, you know, I might be on production for two days here. I might be at Fox somewhere on another production for two days here. I didn't have a permanent like regular show, but Mm -hmm. I I was working, you know, bopping around. But on my days off, I decided to fill in the gap. I said, I'm going to rent a booth at a salon. That mm-hmm. way I, I can, you know, that can generate some money. I can work my own hours and do my own thing. You know, I can still be, you know, an entrepreneur or whatever. And uh, and I found someone out here that just charged me for the days I was working because I didn't want to be doing booth rent if I'm only going to be there like, you know, once a week or, you know, once or twice a week here and there. So, mm-hmm. so I did that. And that's how I actually met the executive producer who hired me for Tyra. She became oh, wow. my salon client. And I didn't know she was a producer at the time she became my client. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't know she was a producer. She, we, we were at some, I, I started going to networking and going to different functions that were centered around the entertainment industry. So I could meet people. You have to network to meet people. Now that's why I tell people, follow people online, social media that you admire, that you like, because you can't go out physically to, and meet them now. So now mm-hmm. you have to just reach out on their social media. Right. I said, um, I said, I met her at a function and I gave her my business card and she mm-hmm. called me to get her hair done. And we just, you know, she came in as my client. We just got to talking and she, we just kind of became like kind of friendly, you know, mm-hmm. friendly, you know, client stylist relationship. Mm-hmm. And, but I had probably did her hair for 
you know, a few months before Mm. she even really talked about what she did or whatever, which was fine with me because she was just a great person. And then she just said, well, you know, I'm a producer and um, I'm starting this new project and I would love to offer to see if you're interested in coming on as the, um, you know, one of the key hairstylers or whatever. Mm. Of course, you know, because it was only, it was me and um, Kia, uh, Kaya Wright. She okay. um, was Tyra's personal um, stylist. Mm-hmm. And then I was the um, the head stylist that did like all the guests that came on the show. And and, mm-hmm. and and I like talk shows. Talk I had done a couple of talk shows. And the thing I liked about talk shows is that I got to work with a lot of different people because there was mm-hmm. different people every day on all the segments. It wasn't mm-hmm. like the same people every day. So I like that aspect of it. And, um, and that's how I ended up with um, getting the position on the Tyra show. Mm-hmm. She was already my client, but I didn't, like I said, I didn't know. I didn't seek her out because and even when I gave her my business card, I didn't even know she was a producer. She was just at the same function. And we ended up like having conversation in a group. And I just mm-hmm. kind of gave the whole group, you know, my business card mm-hmm. and she called me. So mm-hmm. like I said, so you have to sometimes put yourself in a position where you can meet the right people mm-hmm. that can possibly give you, you know, some, you know, some stairs, step, you know, a couple steps to get to where you're going. But you have mm-hmm. to, you have sometimes you have to create. Don't wait for the opportunity. Create the opportunity. Right. Mm-hmm. I feel like I, I've, I always try to create my own opportunities, and I, and then if an opportunity is presented to me, I try to seize it right then because opportunities. It might be there today. It won't. It may not be there tomorrow. Mm-hmm. You know. So, um, so you just have to make the most of what it is um, of your situation until. And like I said, it baby take baby steps. Mm-hmm. But um, now I would say one of the major things for everybody, and I and this really doesn't matter what kind of field you're in, mm-hmm. whatever it is you're doing. Mm-hmm. You're going to have to be a little virtual because even when we get back to, you know, whatever the new normal is, it's not going to be the same, I don't think, for a while. So and because I think a lot of businesses, not not necessarily television and film because it's a little harder to do, but I think a lot of businesses uh, will just kind of go more toward the virtual thing because, you know. So you just never know. But I, th- I just think that you it, it, it's actually made me because and I'm pretty comfortable uh, with a computer. I wouldn't say I'm, I'm you know, tech savvy, but I'm, I'm becoming <laughs> mm. <laughs> tech savvy because I said during these five months, I said, I'm I'm um, the C, the the CEO, mm-hmm. the creative director, the publicist the content creator, the <laughs> photographer, even though I am going to get a photographer to do this uh, photo shoot that I'm sure I'm going to do. Um, mm. But um, it's like everything I'm doing, I'm, uh, you know, I'm doing myself. But like I, I said, I had these months off from filming. So um, I'm going to make the most of the these months that I have off because hopefully, you know, uh, I was hoping to be back to work by now, but I do have a film scheduled, uh, a short film that I'm doing in September. Okay. I'll be filming in September. So, okay, yeah, that, that's what that was. That's what I was going to say next is what is on the horizon for Teresa Broad next. Well, one of the things is like I said, the um, um, one of the films that short films that I'm working on, which is Dreams from 
from the edge. Is that what the, let me, let me not misquote dreams from the edge. Yes. <laughs> written by, written by Erica, Nicole, uh, uh, Malone. So, uh, oh. so I'm working on that in September. I know Erica. And you know Erica? Yes. Uh-huh. Okay. See? <laughs> See, you just never know what comes out of a conversation. <laughs> so I'm working on a project with Miss Erica. So I'm excited. And um, and I've styled her before mm-hmm. on, you know, for different things that she was doing. And we have, um, we, uh, another uh, producer that we, have collaborated with or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I love Erica. She's awesome. <laughs> so I'm working on that with her and um, I'm just, you know, expanding, you know, pushing more of um, HOB beauty brand mm-hmm. and hoping to add, um, I was going to add another cause it's a, it's a two pro- uh, products with the um, hair care line. I was planning on adding another product in, in the latter part of 2020, but I decided to push it back until 2021 just because of what the circumstances are and just keeping mm-hmm. myself, you know, at a good financial, you know, pace because the, 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 the beauty product has been, it's been moving pretty steadily. You know, I'm, I, I can, I'm, I'm happy with, and of course things can always be better, mm-hmm. but, um, you know, I think during the, under the circumstances during the pandemic, you know, I, you know, kind of went through a lot of the inventory that I had. And then with, um, me I'm placing it in this store and I'm in talks for this other beauty supply. So I'm, I'm happy to where I've got it pushed to. And like I mentioned before, I'm um, working on uh, a podcast for the HOB brand. Oh, okay. So I'm going to be coming, um, you know, introduced into your community. <laughs> so I'm very happy I was able to meet you. Um, yes. I'm glad that um, Raymond kind of hooked that up. And yes. um, shout out to Raymond. So, Raymond. Yes. <laughs> let's, let's, let's get his whole name, Raymond Stewart Bryant. <laughs> ah, yes, 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 because you will get a call about that. You right. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm kind of learning the ropes on that and um just learning how to really just do everything to buy, which I'm sure you do all your stuff too. And it's a whole I felt a little overwhelmed at first, I think, because I had so much stuff going on, but then once I kind of you know, kind of took a breath and, and then, um, my mentor, Lena, once she was like, um, she does the gold standard, um, podcast. I don't know mm-hmm. if you know her and, um, yeah, listen to and that. She, mm-hmm. Yeah. And her, well, her, that's her niche. Her thing is she teaches you how, you know, to basically, you know, run your own, you know, podcast show mm-hmm. and to, mm-hmm. to, and she does it in a very kind of probably the most simplified way of doing it yourself. Yes of having to do everything yourself. And that's what I told her I needed. Not because I didn't think I was, you know, could comprehend what was going on. It's just because I got so much other things, you know, facets to my brand. I need things to be simple because I'm only going to have so much time to, to, to work on it, you know? Mm-hmm. So, um, so that's been a very, um, inspiring and encouraging, uh, I, you know, I wouldn't say scary cause I'm, I'm kind of fearless, but you know, it's something new, a new arena, Mm-hmm. Um, but I used to have to have a blog, but blogging is more about writing, which kind of, to me, takes a little bit more time because you got to sit out, right. you know, so I thought, so somebody said, no, we think you'll be, you know, it, you know, a podcast would probably be more your medium because it's, mm-hmm. it's just talking and you're, you know, you're a good, you know, talker, good speaker. Mm-hmm. 
Um, you know, we, you know, we think that people would like to hear your story and, um, you know, if you're willing to tell them, cause, and they, and I just kind of laugh, but they, uh, they said that because I'm very private when it comes to my personal life. Mm-hmm. I'll talk about anything that has to do with, you know, the industry and my career, mm-hmm. but personally I'm, I'm pretty, pretty quiet about it for the most part. Um, but I said, yeah, I'm, I'm willing to open up to, to some, you know, facets of, of my personal life, but only mm-hmm. to a certain extent, even on that part, because I think right. in, in this business, you got to, you know, keep that balance and keep, you got to have some separation from it. Exactly. And um, so, so I said, okay, instead of me doing the right, right. So I, so that appealed to me, you know, talking to people. Cause I, you know, I don't even want I don't even like to look at it like an interview. I'm just, I'm just chatting with people. So mm-hmm. it's going to be HOB brand, the podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a, it's a, a platform where, um, that, um, where we pr- promote beauty, fashion, mm-hmm. art, and culture to grow, glow, and empower. Ooh, so, I love that. <laughs> no, thank you. Thank you. I'll be so listening because I'm I'm a podcast junkie. So um, I'll oh, I will let you know. I'll be hopefully um, um, launching in, you know, a couple of months. Like I said, I'm kind of learning the ropes and and um, I'm kind of on the editing part now and, you know, getting in, in um, you know, laying down the track for my, mm-hmm. you know, like intro and outro, kind of getting the feel of like my tone of my voice, which is very important to me because I have naturally kind of a heavy voice anyway. Mm-hmm. And um, so I, so it's always, I'm like, okay, that way I can kind of hear how I sound and, and, you know, cause you know, it's all about, you know, having the right tone and things flowing very fluently. And, mm-hmm. and I think by me being in the business, you know, I can't just put anything out there. I gotta, right. you know, I, I gotta be happy with what I put out there. So I'm just kind of been taking my time with it and kind of learning the ropes and following a lot of other podcasters and kind of getting into that community mm-hmm. of people that, you know, I like and, and admire and listen to. And, uh, and sometimes I'll just jump over and listen to something that, you know, probably wouldn't necessarily take my interest, but I'm just getting mm-hmm. a different perspective of, um, you know, um, of different podcasters and, and, and what's working for them. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Well, tell everyone where they can find you online on your, your website and social media. Okay. You can find me. Um, I'm, I'm really an IG Instagram person (laughs) and I am, I have, um, actually three handles on there. I'm, um, house of broadnecks, which is more of my personal, um, uh, handle and then I have um H O B brand the um podcast and then H O B beauty brand and I also have uh, a Facebook page. I'm trying to be a little better and be a little bit more active on Facebook, but my strong one is really um, Instagram and I do have a Twitter account which is also uh, everything pretty much is H O I mean is um, House of Broadnecks or H O B brand. Mm-hmm. And but my my jam is 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 really Instagram and um, hopefully coming up soon it'll be my podcast and Instagram. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, so anybody if you want my website is um, www.houseofbroadnext.com and you can you know reach out there and you know leave a comment or message. Um, you know um, check out the store which I'll be updating some things with more about how to use the product some more um, video, um, you know, with um, hairstyle demonstrations. That's another thing I've been working on, just updating with, you know, fresh videos to talk about the product, the hair product. And for all of my um, House of Broadnecks um, 
leather good um, community out there because I've had a couple people uh, ask me about um, several years back. I did um, a um, leather handbag collection, which originally started out um, just doing pouches um, when I was um, off from work with my cancer, trying to stay creative because I had to take like uh, a, over a year off from work. I couldn't physically do anything, but mm-hmm. I still wanted to be creative. So I started kind of sketching um, for some reason, like handbags. I'm not, I like jewelry, but I'm not a real big jewelry person. Personally, for me, I, I usually wear like a nice statement watch, mm-hmm. you know, and maybe some bracelets, but I'm not a big necklace or earring person, but I like a good handbag. So I started designing um, leather handbags. And then uh, eventually I ended, I think in, 2015, I did a collection uh, and presented during LA Fashion Week, mm-hmm. and uh, and the bags did really well. And then I um, I kind of got busy with work and was um, really working a lot and really couldn't tend to them, so I had put them on hold. But then I plan on going back to them and rebooting um, the line again in 2021. So. Mm-hmm. House of Broadnecks leather goods will be back. Oh, um, I'm, yeah, I'm going to start back out with um, my signature pouch because that's what was my number one seller was mm-hmm. the signature pouch. So um, we and that again was I was going to do a uh, reboot and show and um, launch it during um, this year, mm-hmm. but I decided to push it back just because, like I said, I'm just and I feel like people's or, you know, money is not right for a lot mm-hmm. of people right now and they just need. So I, I'm just going to stick with the beauty, mm-hmm. the beauty product. And then I'll redo the um, launch the reboot. And I might decide to do a little limited collection of the pouches for the holiday because I feel mm-hmm. like by December people might, you know, you know, because the, the pouch is not, you know, it's not real expensive mm-hmm. um, anyway. So I said I might do something like that and just kind of like I said, I'm just kind of pacing myself, just given the economy and things to, to get back. Mm-hmm. to uh normal because i know people you know most of americans you know they're they're barely trying to you know survive and hang on so i'm trying not to mm-hmm. you know try to be pushing too much right now in people's mm-hmm. faces about purchasing because i know people are just really just trying to hold on to their livelihood right now mm-hmm. right right <laughs> yeah well you do so many amazing things i love it it's all in the creative realm and i'm the same way too i do all sorts of different creative things so that is really great and I think the um, listeners will really get a lot out of this because um, there's people who want to get in this business and they don't know how. And um, I think they'll get a lot out of this. So I thank you so much for your time. You're welcome. <laughs> thank you for having me. I'm so glad we met yes. and we will speak again, of course, because like I said, mm-hmm. I'm entering your world. So I might mm-hmm. be tapping you and say, hey, girl, I need some advice. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. No problem at all. <laughs> you know, I might be like, can you be a guest on my show? Tell people about the yes. writers, or, you know. <laughs> absolutely. Just, just let yeah, me know. I would love that. <laughs> yeah, because I'm. A, I, I already look. I already said. I, I already told Eric I'm gonna have her on. I have mm-hmm. some world-renowned artists who have already agreed to come on. So, mm-hmm. um, so I'm, I'm, I'm excited. You know, I'm, I'm excited. Should be fun. And oh wow, well, well blessings just, um, on that. <laughs> oh, thank you so much. Appreciate you. <laughs> thank you. Thanks for taking the time to tune in to the Wordy Girl Entertainment Podcast. 
Don't forget to check out my blog at www.wordygirlent.com. That's W-O-R-D-Y-G-I-R-L-E-N-T.com. You can also find me on Instagram and Twitter at at WordyGirlENT and on Facebook at www.facebook.com forward slash WordyGirlENT. And always remember, it all begins with a single word. So what are you waiting for? Go write.